see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley, Senior Director for Media and Industry Communications for PMMI. And today we're going to add a little international flavor to the podcast with a dive into what is taking place in the Mexican packaging machinery market, the trends that have driven recent growth, and what we can expect in the near future. Our guest is Luis Dominic, Managing Director for Mila Consulting. And as someone who has heard Lewis speak many times on the Mexican market um, every year when I attend Expo Packs in Guadalajara, Mexico City, I can assure you that Lewis will not dance around the issues. He is candid in laying out the ways that the economic and political climates affect business on both sides of the border. With that, welcome to the podcast, Lewis. Thank you very much, Sean. I guess we can jump right into it. Um, packaging machinery demand in Mexico has seen important growth in recent years. Packaging machinery imports passed 590 million in 2015 and have grown to 750 in 2019. So in four years, up 240, almost 250 million. Can we expect this growth to continue into the future? Well, Sean, as as you know, there was a government change in Mexico. A new administration took office on December 1st of 2018. So the new government has been in place for nine months. And this new government comes from a new political party with a completely different view of the economic issues and the economic model that uh, should apply to Mexico. This has brought a lot of nervousism to the market. And many companies are uh, placing on hold investments to see Uh, how the government uh, performs and how these changes that they're implementing impact the packaging machinery market. Uh, Last year, uh, we had six months since the president was elected until he took office. And the the packaging machinery market remained strong. We closed uh, 2018 with 750 million in imports which is 1 million less than the previous year. Oh, okay. So we're not seeing that explosive growth that occurred during 2015, 16, and 17. It, uh, in fact, slowed down a little bit in 2018. But uh, we have not either seen a, a contraction or a decrease in, in imports. Um, as mentioned, there's a lot of nervousism in the market. Uh, I was checking the import statistics for Mexico, 
And during the first six months of the year, packaging machinery imports decreased 8% compared to the first six months of uh, 2018. Uh, however, we see some interesting trends like primary packaging machinery imports increased 22% and secondary packaging machinery imports uh, had a significant decrease, uh, 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 almost 40% in, in, in value during the first six months of the year. So this also uh, shows the nervousism that is happening in, in the country. So what I can say is we cannot expect this uh, explosive growth that occurred during the last five years will continue at least in 2019, that is the first year of government. But we can expect a little bit of recovery in the following years. So it, it seems you said that a, a, there's a couple markets, though, where the machinery is going up a bit. So it seems that basically everyone's holding on to their money, but some areas might be going up a little bit, but the other ones are going down. So it's sort of staying even. Would that be fair to say? That would be a very fair assessment. Okay. So then, you know, with the political scenario the way it is, um, and obviously playing a role in investment investment decision making, um, you've kind of touched on it already, but why has, is it just a consistent thing with the Mexican machinery and the Mexican market in general where politics become so important and play, you know, what are the concerns from the business community in regards to, you know, this new regime that's taken over? Like, what are they holding back? What are they, what are their concerns? Well, in, in, in Mexico, we have elections every six years and we have seen that every election year, um, we have presidential elections every six years. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that the year that we have elections, packaging machinery imports contract a little bit. Um, so this is something common. The main difference now is that the government that uh, took office comes from a new political party with a completely new economic model. Uh, they are implementing changes in many different areas of the economic arena and also from the political standpoint. So usually when I interview companies to do these packaging machinery uh, research studies, uh -huh. we talk about consumer confidence, uh, GDP growth, etc. Right now we only talk about politics. Uh, the new administration came in with a very tight fiscal discipline. They are cutting government spending everywhere where they can. And this has impacted, uh, of course, GDP growth. Our economy uh, has practically not uh, grown uh, during 2019. We have a contraction of 0.2% in the first quarter, uh, surplus of 0.1% in the second quarter. So we don't see GDP growth, and, 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 and that's bad for an emerging economy like Mexico. But there are also very positive signs, like the government operating in black numbers, uh, the inflation is controlled, the exchange, exchange rate is uh, fairly stable. So despite we're not growing, we're seeing stability. 
and that uh, is translating into more uh, confidence among uh, investors. Also, something very important is that the new administration came in with a series of uh, social programs where they are basically giving money to the least favored uh, segments of the population. So uh, uh, poor people, elderly people, handicapped people are receiving money or at least uh, tax breaks from the government. And all those funds at the end, uh, they go to consumption. Okay. So that's favorable. And I believe that um, if there are no major changes in taxes or things like that, we will see the Mexican economy return to the growth past moderate growth in the in the following years. Okay. With, with that, um, having said that, the, the government is kind of controlled... Um their spending, is that affecting um, sort of larger infrastructure projects that would then affect, you know, business? Have things, you know, slowed down in terms of, you know, roads, airports, transportation, that type of thing that might affect business? Or has that not really happened? Yes, there's where the biggest impact is. If you see the construction sector, okay, is the one that has suffered most uh, during during the nine months that this administration has been uh, in office, uh, so uh, the government has not only cut on infrastructure projects or, or things like that; they also cut on government official wages, and they made significant cuts there. The things that government officials could uh, or were receiving like transportation, bodyguards, security. Uh, makes sense for several government positions, but in some others, they were excessive, right? So they're also cutting on that. And um, the, the government has some priority projects that include the construction of a new refinery, the construction of a, the, what is called the Mayan Railroad, that is a 1,000-kilometer railroad in the southeast of Mexico. And, and, and as you know, they canceled the construction of the Mexico City import, uh, Airport, which had a significant import uh, impact, not only in, in the construction sector, but in the perception of um, uh -huh. security for investments among the business community. So the, I would say that the biggest impact of the cancellation of that airport was the, the impact that it had in the, in the business community of Mexico. Now... Government is conscious of that, and they have made some efforts to right. to, to to build a trust among the business community. I cannot say that they have done so very well, or that they have achieved a lot in building confidence among the business community. But what I can say is that they're they're working in in that direction. Okay. Now, now for the the um the wages that have increased that they've spread to the kind of the you know the lower end of the social uh, economic scale um are those things that they're expecting to keep doing in the coming years and if if so or if not how do you think that's going to imp impact uh packaging machinery sales going forward well 
as you know, they increased the, the, the new administration to coffees. And one of the first things that they did was increasing the minimum wage in 16% and the minimum wage in the border area in 100%. Uh, the first was welcomed and really well accepted among the business community. It's a reality that minimum wages in Mexico were not sufficient to maintain the most uh, uh, humble household. Okay. Uh, so, so an increase in, in minimum wages was necessary and it was welcomed by the business community. A 100% increase in the border zone in, in a single event had a significant impact in labor-intensive businesses in the area. So uh, we're expecting that the government will continue increasing the minimum wage uh, above inflation, but not as uh, strongly as it did on the first uh, year in government. Uh, we see these minimum wage increases as something positive because they also translate into consumption. People making minimum wage, they could barely afford their groceries so now with this increase, order spending doesn't go to luxury things. It goes to, to, to basic things like food, beverage, uh, pharmaceutical products. And, um, and, and that will translate into increased demand for packaging machinery in the midterm. Uh, also, another positive things, uh, thing of these minimum wage increases is that those companies where they see that uh, the, the, the load of wages uh, on their operations become something uh, heavy or important, they will look for automation. Uh, and, and, and that's also positive for packaging machinery. In Mexico, if you see the large multinationals, they are highly automated plants. But if you see the, the medium-sized uh, food, beverage, uh, personal care companies, they have several manual processes that could easily be done by packaging machinery. And they were not even considering uh, using machinery because of the capital cost. Right. Uh, so wages were so low that it was more convenient to have uh, people palletizing uh, uh, boxes rather than having a palletizing machine. Uh, with these wage increases, several of these activities, uh, the, the, the cost of labor will become more significant for, 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 for several of these activities. So we expect that will translate into further demand for that, especially secondary packaging machinery in the midterm. So basically the, the wages increased as you know, as you explained, um, making it, you know, more cost effective now for them to buy this this automated machinery, which I guess in turn might replace some of the people who got the wage increases to begin with. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, we know, uh, you know, there's always things going on in, in, in our presidency up here in the U.S. in regards to Mexico. Um, Mexico has ratified the USMCA, um, but the U.S. or Canada... Um, have yet to come on board and ratify the agreement. How is this impacting, you know, especially the packaging machinery market? Well, the, the impact of um, 
the, the changes from NAFTA to the USMCA, uh, especially for packaging machinery, are minimal. Um, while the new agreement has not been ratified by the US or Canadian government, NAFTA is still in place. So companies can continue shipping uh, machinery to Mexico free of duties. Uh, and when the new agreement enters into, into place, uh, the machinery will continue uh, without duties. So there's practically no change. Where there are some changes is, for example, in software and in uh, uh, intellectual property and things like that, that they were not very well addressed by the previous agreement. And with the new agreement, those will, those will, will be more uh, closely monitored. So companies who were selling packaging machinery that was manufactured in the U.S., but that have a software developed in China, now that component of the software will have to pay duties. And that's so that's also a case, as you said, that if, if some automation does increase a little bit, that's going to be things that have a lot more software in it. So they also could be affected by this. As long as the if those programs are made in in, in places like uh, India, China or Eastern Europe, uh, as you know, Mexico has free trade agreements with uh, 71 countries. So other than India, China, Southeast Asia, and, 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 and Eastern Europe, we have free trade agreements with the majority of the, of, of the uh, economies in the world. So as long as these software components are not made in those countries where okay. we don't have trade agreements, free trade agreements, they will not see a, a, an impact. Okay. Now, I know that the biggest drivers, at least the last couple times I've heard you speak, um, have been in terms of um, driving packaging machinery sales in Mexico has been beer and, and beverage on a, you know, as a larger segment, but beer specifically with, you know, Constellation and other companies building, you know, big facilities and, and big breweries. Now that they've done that, is this something that th this trend is going to continue or have they put the large investment in and now it'll kind of level off? Well, we're expecting uh, for 2019 and 2020, uh, the beer sector to continue being a strong driver for, for, for beer investments. Grupo Modelo... Uh, as you know, it was split in, 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 in two. So uh, Constellation Brands has to invest in, in, in new brewing capacity to serve the U.S. market. Uh, they have had challenges with a 5,000 hectoliter plant that they are building in Mexicali. Uh, it seems that the challenges are resolving on favor of Constellation Brands. So they continue with the... With, with the construction and the equipment will begin occurring late this year or in, in 2020. So uh, from there, we're, we're expecting to, to continue seeing uh, uh, the beer industry as a strong driver for packaging machinery exports into Mexico. Um, the other part of... Uh, 
eh, grupo modelo that produces eh, Corona Beer for the rest of the world and that was acquired by AB InBev, they made the necessary investments to supply the, the current demand, but their plans are not to stay there. Their plans are to grow, to continue growing internationally and make Corona Beer a leading beer all over the world. So it will depend on their marketing efforts and on, on their capacity to increase demand for Corona internationally uh, if they need more investment or not. Right now, they're, they have invested enough to cover at least for the following five years. And by the other hand, uh, Heineken, they have not made such aggressive investments in one at a time, but they are constantly making investments in upgrading facilities and building new, smaller facilities than those of uh, Corona. Uh, but we're expecting there to, to continue seeing a, a dynamic market, at least for the following two years. Okay. And, and another thing that I that I know I've, I've um, heard you speak of this year at ExpoPAC, and um, others may know just from international news, is Mexico has essentially declared a war on plastics. Um, several cities have banned plastic straws. Um, I know that's happened a bit in the U.S. as well. Um, other cities um, plan to and are addressing then banning the use of plastic bags for packaging groceries. Um, do you see this trend expanding? And is it something that you think is going to impact um, retail packaged products going into the future? Yes, definitely. Um, Mexico has, as you mentioned, declared war on plastic. Uh, you can cannot practically find the straws anywhere in any restaurant in Mexico while they were very, very popular. Now the supermarkets are banning uh, the use of plastic bags to carry your groceries. So they are selling uh, fabric uh, bags or, and they're expecting people to bring their bags uh, to pack their, their groceries. Uh, as it has happened in, in some countries in Europe, these trends later expand to the products that are packed in the, in the supermarkets. We have seen in recent years a big trend for packed vegetables, uh, value-added proteins, um, and, and, and products that used to be sold in bulk that are now sold uh, uh, pre-packed. Uh, in many supermarkets in Europe, uh, they have banned the use of plastic in vegetables, for example. And uh, they're returning to the, the to bulk. Uh, now, here, uh, wh what authorities need to be very careful is to see what do they address. Are they going to mandate companies to use uh, uh, biodegradable plastics? Or they're going to ban the use of plastics uh, at all? Um, and, and, and if they ban the use of plastics, people need to pack their vegetables, uh, especially uh, those that are little in, in something, right? So are they expecting people to carry their uh, fabric bags or something like that to the supermarket? So it's, it's something that we have not gotten there yet, but it's definitely... A, at a trend that is occurring all around the world. 
and and and, and also not only in, in, in packed vegetables or proteins, we have seen a return of glass to several beverages and and and, and packed uh, groceries. So. Uh, I believe that uh, an effort has to be made in, in terms of packaging, but also an, a big effort needs to be done in terms of recycling. Uh, it, it doesn't help a lot to ban the use of plastics if there are not uh, facilities to recycle other materials. And plastics, in most of the plastics are... Uh, able to, to be recycled. So I believe it's a, a, an effort that has to be done not only from the point of sale, but also from garbage collection and garbage separation and, and building enough capacity so all those pl plastics are captured and recycled. Right. Is it something? Is this something that the, um, the consumer is welcoming or are they... Is it an aggravation that it's that the, they're doing away with the plastics? I know some people are gonna, you know, that are more environmentally, uh, you know, lean more environmentally are gonna be happy about it. But as a whole, are consumers happy with this, or is it something that's causing them headaches? I mean, there's a there's a big division between the people who says that banning the use of plastic bags in the supermarkets. What will cause is that people will end up buying their plastic bags and bringing them to the supermarket. Other people uh, have a second or third use for those plastic bags, uh, plastic bags that were handed out at the supermarkets. Many people were using it, I don't know, to, to pick up uh, the, the, uh, the poops or their pets, right? Uh, some people were using them as garbage bags. Right, they're free bags. You know, they can you have for other uses. Exactly. So, so people are saying now I would have to purchase bags for those other uses, so it will end up being the same. All right. Uh, I think the key there is to to generate enough recycling capacity to set up an adequate structure so plastics are properly at the point of uh, garage generation. That's great stuff, Lewis. I, w I wish we had more time uh, so we could dive into some, some more questions, but you've really hit on a bunch of things for uh, people to think about who are, are looking to invest into the Mexican market. Um, for those of you listening out there, thank you once again for listening to Unpacked with PMMI. Be sure to tune in next time for more packaging and processing industry insights. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.